Well, the weather for the whole of the south of England will continue as it has for the next few weeks. It's going to be hot and moist, with temperatures rising steadily as time goes on. There's a chance of steamy moments as we move into the... Ah, sod it. We never wanted to do this. We never wanted to be weathermen and women, making innuendos about hot atmospheres and drizzly countries. We didn't want to be child-friendly. We didn't want to bang on about being for over-18s only. We want to talk about our sexy adventures. We want to be lifestylers, leaping from bush to bush as we sail down the rivers of British sex clubs and mountains of crazy experiences. The cheeky purple mamba, the liquid silk pumped liberally into our hand, the rodeo classic brief harness complete with Tantus curve, the enjoy pure one stainless steel dildo, the hot octopus digit, the ever so short messages on fab swingers, the sexy friends on Twitter, and the mighty vanilla alternative. With my best girly by my side, we'd swing, swing, swing. Get in the gym or to your car. Our advice you could go far. Fuck things up and we make mistakes. Talk about our sexy dates. It's getting hard for this to Hello and welcome to Bedhoppers. My name is Mr. H. And I'm Mrs. H. This is episode 78. Now again, this is one of our fuck off specials. You're That's, so rude. Oh, no, not rude. It's an <laughs> FAQ off. That's better. Special. Fuck yeah. off. Brilliant. Same it's, to you. Yeah, thank you Moving very much. On. Yeah, exactly. So we've brought along some special guests this time with us. In fact, we've brought along special guests with every single one. I was going to say they're all special, surely. They're all special in their own way. Just <laughs> as you, way. listener, are special in your own way. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, thanks for downloading yeah. us. Oh, very kind. Cute. Anyways, this time around, we're going to be talking to the delightful normalising non-monogamy. That is quite a mouthful. It is. And I'm then, amazed you got out, to be fair. And then um, I have trouble saying it. The normalising non-monogamy. You're trying to do it. I have to do it slowly to get it right. <laughs> step in time, step in time. I mean, they must be really good at it. They, what, yeah. normalising non-monogamy? Own, saying their own name. Good at it and good at saying their own name. They're just good at stuff generally. They are generally good at stuff. They're, they're good at talking as well, which is why we had them on. Exactly. They're also good at math, as he, uh, you know, points out to me, I think, throughout yeah. the course of yeah, the episode. Yeah, I think he does, yeah. Yeah, he probably does. And if he if he doesn't in the episode, it was cut out because I hated him telling me that. Wow. Yeah, I know. Brutally. <laughs> so Finn and Emma join us and we're going to be tackling uh, STDs in the lifestyle. And do you need to get tested? Well, I think you, you're going to be quite mindful of the, what the answer is going to be in this one. But we explore quite a lot of things, including yeah. a rather painful penis situation. <laughs> I don't like the way you laughed at the painful penis situation. I was just remembering the, the um, hilarious banter that ensued. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, not at the time of a, a painful penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no hilarious banter to be had in terms of the painful penis situation. It sounds like a great sort of um, like little lyrics. <laughs> the ballad of the painful penis situation. <laughs> situation. Exactly that. Well, anyway, let's play the thing. On to the interview. We've got something that's just for you. Holy shit, it's an interview. Welcome to the Bedhoppers Fack Off Show. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Mr. H. I'm Mrs. H. Today we're going to be covering some interesting topics. Hopefully they're always interesting, but today it's particularly interesting and we've got some special guests with us. They are returning guests to our show. 
Uh, they do a weekly podcast. I think they've got over 120 episodes out and about. God, you they, know your stuff, don't you? Slightly. I did a minor bit of research. I don't know like any of this. Google. Um, so 120 plus <laughs> episodes. They interview people every week. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at NNM Podcast. And you can go to the website at normalizingmonogamy.com. It's quite the mouthful. Yeah, it is quite the mouthful. Yeah, anyway. And you messed it up. It's, we're normalizing non-monogamy. Non-monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> curses. Welcome, Finn and Emma. Thank you for joining our show. And uh, apologies for getting that wrong. Did you That's actually okay. get it it's wrong? Not the first time. Hi, <laughs> we're happy to be here. <laughs> it's good to Are have you, you sure? back. Well, you, you see, the reason was is is that I've written this down and uh, taken a sidestep already, and I just written normalizing etc. dot com. <laughs> is that like a? Is Which that like we have a to rival? go and buy now. Thanks for making us have to go buy a couple more domain names. <laughs> That's a rival splinter group that's formed. It is. It is. Normalizing. We actually should buy normalizingmonogamy.com and have it redirect to our website. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Catch everyone else on the other side of the coin. It's kind yeah. of... Right. Yeah, nobody has ever been this clever. I so, like this. Normalizing, etc. Yeah, normalizing, etc. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, so we are here today to cover um, a big question, actually. It's all about, do I need to get tested in the lifestyle? Now, I want to point out before we jump into answering this and... Uh, covering a whole load of stuff around this topic, that none of us are medical professionals. We are not doctors. Um, these are just uh, opinions rather mm. than than facts, although there may be real facts in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So please keep that in mind as we go through this. Yeah. Um, okay. And inevitably, we'll stumble over a whole lot more than these guys will because um, they're much better than us for this sort of thing. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm just putting that out it's there. Blowing smoke up for asses now. Yeah, I know. Well, it's you know, we, <laughs> they don't work for free, so it's mostly they're based off of. It's costing us a fortune, isn't it? A fortune to and get compliments. Them to like sit still for forty minutes. I know. We've only got six <laughs> seconds of audio clips from them. We're just going to keep reusing that because it's much cheaper. <laughs> so, guys, um, I think that you know the first one is: Do I need to get tested in the lifestyle? What's your thought on that? I'm sure we've got an the, agreement. The answer is yes. Yes. And and we're done. Yeah, we're yeah. done. <laughs> It was so nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much. And coming in at six and a half seconds, super cheap to get them in this time. Thank you very much. Wow, we covered that so fast. Okay, maybe we should go a little deeper on this one. Ooh, we all love that's going. what she said. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You can rely on me, me to it. say this every 12 minutes. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're adding some value today. Always. Yeah. The question is, is, is why should we get tested? What's, why? What's it all about? I think the maybe the, the one of the easiest ways to answer that is, if you are going to, let's say, go have an interaction with somebody, go play with another couple, you would want to know whether or not, or what, basically what you're getting yourself into. Um, have they been exposed to an STI? Are they exposing you to an STI? And really the, the way to do that is to know your status and the way to know your status is to get tested. And it's it's not a necessarily a fun thing to go do. It's not the sexiest thing to go do, but you know you kind of expect to be putting yourself into situations that are safe, and your partner into those situations that are safe. And really, the the way to do that is to to yeah to know whether or not you have an STI that you could be potentially transmitting to somebody else, and mm. you would expect the same from them. So a counter question quickly to that, because it's just something that occurred to me. So some people might say, well, does it matter if I'm going to use protection anyway? I'm going to use condoms. So does it matter then if I know or not? 
Yes, I'd say because there are STIs that are spread by skin-to-skin contact and condoms don't necessarily protect you from everything. So, mm-hmm. well, they don't. So it's important to know your status and take responsibility for yourself. And even if your level of risk is uh, higher than someone else's, it's still important to take responsibility for yourself and for your, any partners so that... Your level of risk... Um the risk that you're willing to take. Yeah, you know that's what I mean. Your 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 acceptance of that level of risk. Right. Like so that you you can I guess protect yourself but also protect the people around you and and be able to have those conversations. Yeah, and as Emma was kind of saying too, there there's a lot of STIs that uh, uh condoms do reduce the risk of transmission, but they don't necessarily mitigate it 100%. So there's some that can be transmitted by kissing uh, or just by skin to skin contact. And this is not me saying don't use condoms. Yeah, yeah. That's not it at all. Throw it's the just condoms <laughs> out. You don't need them. Um, so yeah, no, you definitely Please use your condoms. <laughs> definitely still get tested if you're uh, going to use condoms. The other reason is condoms break. Um, they're, mm. they're not indestructible. So that's it's better to be safe than sorry or safer. And I think that that point around the risk is really important because, you know, we, we often put rules in place for how we play to protect our relationships and how we feel. But actually, you, you need to protect your health and you need to also protect against getting someone pregnant potentially as well. So there's a whole host of things in there. And it's about how you mitigate those risks to a level that you're happy with. And, you know, you can't eliminate all of these risks, but but you can do a lot to, to make sure you're as protected as possible. Um, so, so that you can play safely and, and, and feel comfortable in doing so. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, if, if someone, so if you were potentially going to play with some partners and, um, they didn't, um, have a conversation with you about testing, would you, but they very obviously had condoms and what have you, would you still have that conversation then? If they didn't have the conversation, would we still ask them or would we still bring the conversation up? Yeah. Yeah, nowadays, for sure. I think early on and really for the first probably four or five years that we were exploring swinging, we we weren't great about this. Um, it was one we of were, those... We were decent, but we, we could have been better. Yeah, it was just, it was one of those things that we were new. We felt insecure. We didn't want to be those people bringing it mm. up and we... We were afraid if we brought it up that it would maybe ruin the chances of us playing with somebody. And in the last couple of years, probably in the last five years or so, we've really shifted to sort of an abundance mindset that if like, if we can't have this conversation with you, and not only if we can't have the conversation, but if we can't trust what you're telling us, then we don't want to put ourselves in a situation with you where we could be at risk. We like, we don't really want to play with somebody if they're not willing to have that conversation Mm -hmm. with us. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't need to last for two hours. Mm -hmm. It can last, you know, a minute or two to get through everything you need to get through. And then everybody can relax and enjoy it and know what, what they're getting into. Yeah. It's a red flag for us now. If someone does not want to have that conversation, like Finn said, it doesn't have to be a super long one, but it, it needs to happen. It's interesting because I don't think we've ever been asked no. about uh, being tested in the UK. We do get tested and we'll come on to how often we get tested. I would a hundred percent agree. We have never actually been challenged or asked in the UK. 
and it was interesting actually when we went to Desire that mm-hmm. that, that was one of the first questions that that people asked which was refreshing but also confusing because we'd never been asked that question it's a real shift of focus um you know here i i I genuinely don't think that anyone would bat an eyelid if you if you said well um i haven't been tested but i have condoms so maybe maybe people would just crack on anyway do you think it's that people don't get tested or is it that it's not even entered their mind bit of both i think yeah i do think there's a lot of people who don't get tested and whether that be because they just don't make time i mean it's free to do that here or whether it's because they don't think it's um something that is asked often enough to you know re- require them to to have the test because if it never gets brought up then you know obviously people are going to be less and less interested in actually taking care of themselves so after, after coming back from desire have you two adopted the strategies of bringing it up now, when you two bring it up, or now when you two are in situations with other people, do you bring the conversation up, even if they don't ask? That's a really good question. And I think since our experience in Desire, I have been definitely more focused on having a conversation with people about the differences between what we experience here and what we experience there. It's actually a really good conversation to have just out of interest more than anything. And it naturally then brings it up into conversation. You know, if you sort of say, oh, you know, we went to Desire and this happened and we had this great conversation and we don't really encounter it here. So let's chat about that. It's it's quite useful conversation starter in a way. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's 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 an interesting one because since Desire, the, the world seems to have shut down quite significantly. Absolutely. So I don't think we've had as much opportunity to put that into practice as we might normally have done. Um, but it- and also the people that we have met since coming back have been people that we know anyway really, really well actually have had long-standing relationships i guess with rather than new people i think there is a level of trust but also i I don't think you should let that no mean that you don't ask the question it's still important to have that question Mm. and still important to put that on the table i guess the tricky bit is is that um will people take that the wrong way if you're if you're chucking that out there is there a for them a thinly veiled insult suggesting that they may not be what are you saying yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so is it that that shame element i suppose of oh i'm sorry to ask you and it's not that i don't trust you it's just i take my health really seriously there's another point too just just interrupt you really quick that you know along those same lines of testing it is helpful to when you have that conversation, you all can also find out about what people like and don't like. Like if, if you are going to go play with someone, it's, it's easier to have maybe, maybe that health conversation and roll that into, well, what kinds of things are you into? What are you not into? Like, and, and kind of learn that and make the conversation fun and sexy mm. as part of the whole health and STI conversation as well. And again, that's, that's one of the things that we just haven't really seen happen over here. And, you know, going to Desire, and, and I'm going to go back there um, a few times. You're I literally going to go back there. Not, not right now, but as part of this conversation. <laughs> the elevator the speech. The elevator spe- mm. speech was very much something that we uh, were not familiar with. I, I was familiar with it from from listening to various other shows and podcasts, but Mrs. H was absolutely, you know, hadn't encountered this. Had no this. idea. So when, when no. we first um, hooked up with a couple at Desire, uh, one of the things they did was, you know, so what's your what's your elevator speech? And it was all very nice and pleasant and yeah, it was great. great. But but as a concept, that that threw you into a bit of a, a bit of turmoil where you were trying to work through what what, well, that what was, does this mean? You know? So very much put me on the spot, and um, I had to very quickly kind of think, oh, okay, they're asking me some really great questions here, and I'd never been asked these before in the context of 
let's have a conversation before anything happens about what you like and don't like which what is a tv show you like <laughs> uh, what's your favorite album i mean they left the room pretty rapidly but okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a great idea and it's, it's something that you know people just don't don't do enough of they, they don't take the time maybe in advance to sort of think about the experience that they would like to have rather than just going straight into something and hoping that you you know tick a box along the way so yeah i, I like it so I i'm like curious then and um, those experiences when you had an experience after going through the elevator speech did you notice that that experience was any different whether it was better or worse than experiences without being preceded by that i think it, it made things a lot smoother and it was a lot easier to to get your head around the the approach that you were going to take during that particular play session um but but it's difficult because uh, you know you, you, we're not comparing some of the activities that we've had at home to activities when you're on holiday in a different country and with, is it is a bit more bit more tricky but I, I i felt that the whole approach was a lot smoother um that i knew where the boundaries were i knew what was what was going to work for some people and what wasn't um you know personally i came out you know, with my foreskin attached, which was a good thing. And you know. <laughs> do you know what? I think that was one of the, the best takeaways I had that it's nice to know in advance what someone doesn't like. I mean, it's great to know what they do like, but actually very often it's, it's even more useful to know what someone doesn't like, because at least, you know, that way you may not actually get to the point where you do something they really, really want you to do, but at least you do don't do something they don't want you to do. And that's, that's really important. You do, don't, don't you don't do, don't do. <laughs> Well, that, and on the flip side, though, too, uh, is you get the chance to tell them what you don't like. So you're not laying there or doing stuff with this person. And then all of a sudden, this thing you hate starts happening. And you're like, oh, no, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the mood. I don't want to yeah. say something. So I'm just going to pretend and get through this. Yeah. And hope that it doesn't last that long and it can get it can be really uncomfortable <laughs> but they are right like it's something as simple for me as i mean an example for me is nipples all right i i just really don't like people messing around with them just never really liked well, it your nipples are theirs mine i'm just <laughs> not a fan but it's it's the one thing that people <laughs> default <laughs> you're showing me a nipple thank you <laughs> that you, people <laughs> default to as a oh, well, here's a woman, here's a Babylons, I'm going to play with those. And then inevitably they play with nipples because why wouldn't you? I mean, they look nice and they're there in front of you. Some people just don't like them being touched and played around with. So Although your tattoo that says touch me with a big arrow pointing <laughs> to your nipple was probably a mistake. Great. Sorry. It's just nice to know in advance and and it doesn't make it personal but halfway through you're like please don't do that i don't like it, it they, they might be like oh my god what am i doing wrong but if you say up front i just don't like it i don't like anyone doing it it just gets out of the way i think it's great nipples uh, are safe <laughs> <laughs> safe nipples and foreskins are where it's at that's the future absolutely I think. Yeah, and it's... again with a foreskin it's just such a good thing to get out of the way and tell someone that <laughs> i have one I would like to keep it. Yeah, there I think you go. That, that swiftly became part of my my elevator Get speech. Get on the t-shirt. Um, and that certainly from you know com coming from a place where I do have a foreskin and and meeting people that aren't so used to dealing with people that do have them. Yeah. 
that there was a level of safety that I felt was needed to be put in place after one or two experiences. And that made things a lot simpler. Protect the foreskin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just also wanted to throw out there too, because you were talking about the elevator speech. And if anyone wants to do a little bit of digging and, and have, um, I guess, research, find some research on this, there's uh, Reed Mahalko has put out the Safer Sex Elevator speech, and he outlines a whole list of... Um, it's not that long. No, it's not that long. It's like it's basically, six items. It's basically a framework to help you organize your thoughts about what, you, what you're going to cover in your elevator speech. Exactly. And, um, we'll send you guys links to this so you can maybe throw it in the, the show notes. Um, Cause it's a, it's a really quick, concise way to get through you, the things you like, the things you don't like your status, how you, when you were last tested, yeah, how you play all of the things that, that you need to get out of the way. So people don't touch your nips. <laughs> I was going to do an instructional video. I thought, you know, you've got to watch this video what before you can, you can play with us. Yeah. Oh, right. oh you know, classic things that Mrs. H doesn't like, which is quite a long list really, isn't it? It's just generally ranty, really, though. So it's, it'd be ranty. like a, one of the two part, like when Titanic first came out on VHS, and it was two, <laughs> it was two, uh, two VHS tapes, or like a DVD that you had to flip. Um, yeah, uh, I, I appreciate people it. maybe like too put off to go near me after the list because they're like, "Geez, like, there's anything she does like?" Well, absolutely, the stuff I like, but we'll get on to that. <laughs> For now, this is the stuff I don't like. <laughs> what you could do is is just say the stuff that you do like, and then say everything else is off the table. Right. Don't even look at me. Don't even look at me. <laughs> Never look at me. <laughs> no, I do. I do think the elevator elevator speech or pitch is kind of one of those really useful tools that once you've actually seen it in action, yeah, um, it works a lot smoother than than you'd think. And certainly when we when I first heard about it, I said me because you didn't. Um, I was like, it kind of feels a bit awkward. Like a job but, interview. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it, there's something um, maybe about the sort of innate Britishness of myself sort of going, oh, this is awkward and it's fumbling and it's bumbling through this kind of, oh, I do like this, but I don't like that. And this is, but actually when you see it work and you just go, well, I like this, I like this. I'm not so keen on that. I got tested, you know, X date and all oh, clear. This is, this is what, what I like to do. That's not that difficult. And that just literally opens the door to, to a much smoother sexy time yeah although it's totally awkward for your partner if they're listening to this list going oh never knew that <laughs> hastily starts we've writing been things for, down we've been married for 20 years and she never said she didn't like that yeah <laughs> yeah everything's got a bit of paper <laughs> so write this down real quick <laughs> and i think you kind of touched on a good point there though mr h is that like it's it's almost a little awkward, but it first of all, it doesn't have to be. Like you can kind of make it fun and you can keep it short and work it in. I mean, work it in at dinner if you're, you know, work it in while you're sitting around having a drink before mm. everybody starts to get naked. Like that's that's one good strategy. And the other piece is like the the minute or two of awkwardness gets made up for in the fact that you don't have that in the middle of mm. things happening. Not that it's not still going to get awkward at times, but you're not going to step on a landmine you didn't know was there. So, that's... And just to add on to that too, like I found that in the experiences where we lay it all out ahead of time and like I, I am so much more comfortable in the moment and honestly, it's so much more of a fulfilling experience and it's, 
and it's sexy to me to have those conversations ahead of time because it makes me so many much more relaxed in the moment and lets me let go a little bit more. And if you're mm. worried about having that conversation, if the sooner you get it out of the way, the, the less you have to worry about it. So if, if you're if you're leaving it in your back of your head for this moment where all the sexy times are about to happen, that it's going to rest on your mind mm. and you're not you're not going to be thinking about all the fun you could be having. You're probably more worried about having this strange little chat. Mm. But it, it does help yeah. to practice it for sure. And, I, yeah. you know, I found that the more I've had those chats and the more I've said these things, the, the easier it becomes and the more you can slip them into conversation and have fun with them. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't have to be perfect, right? Like you're going to you're going to fuck it up. You're going to say something wrong. You, you're going to you're going to goof it up. right? I mean, it's going to happen and you just kind of roll with it. And I mean, if some if that's the thing that's going to scare somebody away, then like you dodged a bullet. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, if, if you haven't got 10 minutes to sit and listen to... 10 minutes? minutes. <laughs> but, yeah, it means it's quite a lot. How big is your bloody elevator? This is just the it's stuff... It's not I, the great glass elevator. This is the stuff I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good conversation. And you, you, he's right. You can make it into a fun, interesting... Yeah, but going like down there... And these are the music tracks that I refuse to let you play whilst we're <laughs> getting down <laughs> to sexy times. This is the acceptable television style of programme that we can have on in the background. Oh, you. Sassy. <laughs> I have a question. Anyway, I have a question um, for um, our lovely guests around... So if if you have this conversation, which is great, do you at any point ask to see evidence of uh, std tests like a text message that says hey this is clear or whatever yeah so i think circling back to something i kind of touched on earlier which is if if we don't trust somebody then we're not going to get naked with that person mm. and i think there's just a little bit or a lot of bit of character reading that has to go on and you know if we're having this conversation with somebody and we're like so we get tested and this is when we got tested this is what the results were you know how about you and they're like oh well hmm, i don't <laughs> yeah and, and it's and it's really off-putting like do I even really want to ask them for their results or do I want to kind of just say you know sounds like this maybe isn't a good fit like yeah we could ask for the, the results mm -hmm. and they could show us some results and they are probably their results right but at the same time like at that point I've already kind of gotten a little uncomfortable and well I have I've been in a situation where someone has asked me for results and I had like we both like exchanged them there there was no there was yeah. no whatsoever it was like I felt totally comfortable with that and that was just that made in that situation it made that person more comfortable to see them yeah. and, um, and I guess I wasn't trying to say that you shouldn't ask I was just like if you feel more comfortable by asking and you ask and somebody's like no ah, fuck that then again <laughs> you dodged a bullet right I don't I think you should be able to ask and and if somebody asks you should be able to say yeah here you go and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think where I was going is more if I feel like we've, we're kind of at the point where we're typically playing with people that we feel comfortable enough with that we can have the conversation and trust the things that are coming out of their mouth to the point that I don't necessarily need to ask them to to say well mm -hmm. prove it prove that you're yeah. aligned. Yeah. yeah, it goes back to that character reading too. Right. The other little piece I just wanted to add real quick too is that you'll hear in a lot of different podcasts and just a lot of literature out there that um, when you do talk about it, try hard not to avoid the use of the word clean because that implies then that someone who may have tested positive or reactive for an STI is dirty. 
And that's just not true. So we try to encourage people to use the terms like I was reactive or non-reactive because it, it takes away some of the stigma. And I, I suppose for me, if I hear the term clean, for, rightly or wrongly, it, it brings up images or implies drug use to me, maybe. So yeah. saying right. clean, yeah. maybe, maybe right. but yeah. aren't drug-free. We're heavy into drugs, so we have to answer <laughs> we're not clean. <laughs> clean as a whistle, but I'm really high. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I have seen people do, actually, um, occasionally in the UK, and it tends to be um, single guys, will post their results oh, really? as their profile picture. Really? Yeah. To show I have clean. not seen that. I've only seen it a few times, but but it's wow. an interesting way of but doing it. But it's interesting. Yeah, it's being out there, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, definitely, but... I'm all for it. I mean, if the more transparent, the better. Uh, hmm. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I genuinely haven't seen that. You look at the same site. What have you been looking uh, at? I haven't looked Just for a while. too busy looking at the cock shot. That's what it was. You scrolled straight past the paper. Unlikely. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I did want to, to cover is, you know, we've talked about whether it's important to get tested, and I think we all unanimously agree that it's a, it's a good thing to do. How often should we get tested? Is it after every play session to minimise that risk? Is it every six months? What, where do you guys sit on the line with this one? For us, it really depends how active we are, too. Uh, in general, usually one of us will get tested either every three months or every six months. And then we, if we're doing the offsetting, we have to make sure to have loads of unprotected sex together. <laughs> so we're... So we're making sure that we're on the same level. Uh, I hope people know and you're that's sarcastic. Why we're not, and that's why we're not doctors. No. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we typically, yeah, every six months, and like we said, we kind of stagger it. So every three months or so, one of us is, is getting, getting tested. tested. I mean, it's, it's not a foolproof plan, but it's also a little bit cheaper and, and it works for us. And well, we, that's, that's also based on our level of play. And our frequency. And our frequency of play. That's what I mean. So mm -hmm. if I think if we were more active in this, we would get tested more often. And if like times where we're not active, we get tested less, less frequently. Or, so. if, or if there was some type of incidence, a condom broke or so, something happened where one of us was concerned. We would get tested. We would, we would probably get a test as well. How, how quickly does it take for results to come back? For results Your to experience. come back, I think it really depends on where you get tested. The, the way that we do it, we usually get them in a couple of days. 40, 48, 48 to 72 hours. 72 hours. But something to keep in mind is that with tests, uh, with, with STIs, a lot of them have a sort of an incubation period or a hibernation period, mm. which I'm sure people today are familiar with, you know, coronavirus, right? If you were exposed to it on the 1st of March, you may not show any symptoms or even be able to test positive or reactive for it for two or three weeks, mm. right? And so a lot of STIs have an incubation period as well. So if a condom broke yesterday, getting tested today isn't necessarily going to tell you if you were exposed to something. In, in the UK, it's, um, it's, again, it's quite quick, isn't it? Well, it, it depends on, on how you're doing yeah. it. So quite often in the UK, there are a variety of options to get tested. So the NHS uh, parts of the country get free tests. Not all the country, as I understand it. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. And typically you can just log online, tell them what you're after, and they'll send you a kit that you can tell yourself, you know. E even the blood yourself. thing you can you can do from home. Well, you can't, you've got no veins, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or you can book a visit to, to one of the gum clinics yeah. or whatever and, and, and go and get tested there. But that would take a bit longer because you'd have to make an appointment and go there. Yeah. And... 
But actually, a large number of companies now provide kits or will sell you kits where you can get mm-hmm. tested. So Lloyd's Pharmacy will do a, a sort of fairly basic test for about £30 and they'll send you the, the thing to test various bits and bobs. You can get a complete and like utter super, super, test. super test, which sounds really hard and probably involves math. But that works like out IQ like a, levels. Yeah, IQ levels. <laughs> about like £120 if you want to go for the super screening and Well, it, sir, you're clean as a whistle, but you're stupid. Yeah, because yeah, you paid 120 <laughs> quid for it. But um so, and, and again, it's very much you get sent a kit in the post and you get to, you know, wee into a, a container and they'll test your blood and yeah. they'll do all sorts of yeah, whizzy magical things. Yeah. And um you send it off. But typically the response is, is sort of two to three days, much like uh-huh. you guys in terms of getting that information back mm. so if, if you're in the states where should people go to get tested what's the route to it well a lot of people can get tested with their primary care physician um, and a lot of depending on your doctor and depending on your health insurance you can get uh, health insurance to cover a portion or sometimes all of that depending on again where you live what your insurance is and who your doctor is um, so there's a lot of uh, ifs there but a lot of people do it that way and it does of course involve having that conversation with your doctor and making sure like that you might have to answer the question why you want the test and um, we also use stdcheck.com which is a way to get tested you just fill out the form online, you pay, and then you go to, there's little small clinics around the U.S. that you can go and give a blood draw. Yeah, there's there's two basically nationally franchised, I guess, or national chain clinics, and they partner with those two clinics. So pretty much every town has one or two, and you can basically print off the form or have it faxed to them. You can walk in and get like I could probably pull it up right now, submit the form, go over to the clinic and have my test done in the next hour if I wanted to. Yeah. And then I would probably have the results in a couple of days at the most. You can also get tested at Planned Parenthood. And there are a handful of free testing clinics around the U.S. It depends what city you live in. And there's there's um, a good resource for that. And it's free ST tdcheck.org i want to say and we'll send you the i'll send you the links to that as well but people can also go to our website under under the resources page and all of those will be listed shameless plug yeah sorry (laughs) you have a website is it just normalizing etc.com yeah yeah it's (laughs) monogamy.com hanging my head in shame but not because i didn't get tested just put We'll forgive you. It's okay. Thank you. I would maybe really quick take a second to to shamelessly again plug an episode (laughs) we did a couple of months ago. Back in February. uh, With a doctor who works very, um, very closely with non-monogamous community. And she's part of an organization called Sex Positive Portland. And uh, it was episode 1.3 of the Focus Fridays, and her name's Dr. Evelyn Dacker, and she talks all about STIs and the symptoms and stigmas and uh, everything you could ever want to know. So it's a really great... It was released February 14th, 2020. How romantic. Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A romantic (laughs) episode uh, listening to someone talk about STIs, but she does a wonderful job. Cool. Thank you. And she is a doctor, which is why we wanted to bring it up, because uh, right. we are not doctors. We are not. <laughs> One thing I did want to touch on was that with a lot of the STIs that are common, the the stigma behind getting or contracting an STI is often far worse than the, the medical 
symptoms or the medical sort of depending on who you are but yes yes again this is not a blanket sweeping statement it's just for a lot of people right herpes or hsv1 or in a lot of cases hsv2 a lot of times people won't even necessarily know they have it until they're tested right and so at that point it's really the medical issues that they're going to have to deal with are much less drastic than the stigma around them having something that they have to disclose to somebody and and this is true for for a lot of the different stis and again your results or your situation may vary, right? There's certain types of HPV that can that can lead to cancers that can kill you, right? And obviously, that's an extreme case. But for a lot of people, they'll have HPV and never know it. Um, so just something that we wanted to kind of throw out there is that oftentimes if people yeah. get, test positive for an STI, they think it's the end of the world. And it's often not the case you may also test positive something have that treated and then you still need to like depending on if you're going through treatment or whatever you still need to disclose that and that that can be difficult and the stigma behind that can be more sometimes than what the physical effects you are feeling now it's definitely not true for everyone some people have severe side effects from these stis and have severe health problems so it's not a blanket statement like finn said but it is the case sometimes. And, and I would maybe just one more, throw one more piece out there is that if you do test positive for something, that doesn't mean your days of swinging and non-monogamy or sex are over. Um, we, we did a really great interview. Uh, <laughs> keep to, shame, I don't want to keep plugging, our, plugging our own show, but we did a really great <laughs> interview with a couple who actually, uh, it was episode 78, they tested positive for hsv1 like the week before they were going to desire and they almost canceled their trip because they were so panicked about it and they ended up deciding to go and they they decided like we have to disclose this to people and they worked it into their elevator speech and nobody cared they were like thank you so much for telling us we understand that this is a very common thing and we're willing to take that level of risk. Or, you know, there may have been some people who said, thank you for telling us, we're going to do this, this, and this to mitigate the risk. And now we know what to do to keep ourselves safe. So I just wanted to kind of wrap up the whole STI thing with saying that like, if you get something, it's not, your your life isn't over, your swinging life isn't over, your poly life isn't over. I think that's that's hmm. so important. I think there's, there's two bits there that I want to pick up on actually and one is the, the around the stigma and and the, your mental health that goes with it and discovering that you've you've picked something up and, and it may not even necessarily be through your lifestyle encounters it could be you know something that you've had for a long long time that you've just not known about mm. so you know I, I would urge anyone that discovers that if if they have picked up an std to to you know to, to just look at it as, as something that they just need to get treated rather than it being uh, a shameful thing. These things just happen. And, you know, it's no different to catching a cold or any other illness that you might pick up. It's just you're exposed to risk and sometimes things happen, but don't beat yourself up over it and, and just be sure to seek the right medical advice and, and support to get through that, that process. I think the other thing is around telling people actually. So if you do discover that you, you have picked up an STD somewhere along the lines, it's really important to tell people that you're interacting with, not only for the ones that you're about to interact with, 
if it, if it's pertinent, but actually it might be might be a good shout that if you've played with people recently to go back and have that conversation, as awful as it is and as difficult as it may well be to have that conversation. I would say it's much better to to have an open and honest discussion with your previous play partners um, just to make sure that they're safe because some of these, as Finn said, some of these things can, can cause things like cancer down the end of the line or they can cause further problems. It's much better to do that now and help someone out rather than for them to discover it, you know, weeks, mm. months, years down the line when it can really cause some very permanent damage. So I would say that, you know, if you if you do discover that you, you've had an STD, get it treated, but also be be mindful to talk to your partners about it. And it's largely pointless trying to hide it from your partner as well, because <laughs> I think I've seen I've seen a few messages on various Reddit posts where someone is trying to hide it from their wife or husband what, and, not let them yeah, yeah. Yeah, and not let them find out. But the chances are you've probably passed it between you. So it's always wow. a good idea for both of you to get checked out <laughs> if you discover that there's something there and have that honest and open conversation. Awkward. <laughs> yeah, well, it would be, wouldn't it? You know, it's so awkward, right? Yeah, and um, you know, that's that's why having these open and honest discussions are so important because you you know down the end of the line you you don't know how it's going to impact you and impact mm. your own health. Yeah, let alone the trust or whatever that you have between you. Wow. Okay. Is that is that fair? Yeah. I would say so. Okay. All right. Fine. So uh, I've been meaning to have this conversation <laughs> with you. <laughs> Awkward. Just, just a little bit. So I think we, I think we've kind of covered the topic fairly, fairly succinctly. Is there anything you guys would like to add about uh, STDs, getting tested, having elevator speeches, anything like that? I think we covered a lot of it. I think it's just uh, maybe something just to reiterate is that. The conversations aren't always easy. You're gonna mess it up. You're gonna say something stupid. You're gonna uh, you're gonna make mistakes, and it's gonna be a little weird the first one, two, or twenty times you do it. But the, again, you can you can learn a lot about somebody by how they react to these conversations. And again, go into it with a bit of an ab abundance mindset. That like if if this conversation is the turnoff that that stops you from playing with somebody, then you'll find somebody who it's not and it'll be a much better experience. Yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say too. Like, I think it's, it's a very important thing to do, to have the conversation, to get tested, to take responsibility for yourself and for your partners and for the um, greater good of the people that you're interacting with out there. So uh, thank you for inviting us on. Thank you for covering this topic. And yeah, it was awesome to chat. Thank you. Hmm. Well, um, I, gotta... I have one more question. Do you? Okay. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, we're happy to get off on a tangent about something else if you want. Well, like, it's... it's your show. We can ruin it as much as we want. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously related to the topic we're talking about, but my question was mainly around um, the use of dental dams. Um, because speaking personally in the UK again and sweeping generalization, but I don't think anyone has ever asked us about them and we've never encountered them. Are they quite common in the US? We've never really encountered them or experienced it. We've never had anyone asked to use one. Um, but we've, I mean, obviously we've heard of people using them. I think, and I think if someone did ask for us to use them, we would definitely use them. Mm. But I, it's also part of, you might've been about to say this, it's part of that conversation. I think if someone um, 
if we had that safety conversation, status conversation, and, and, you know, something was disclosed, you know, we would not hesitate to potentially add that extra level of barrier, barrier and protection and use a dental dam uh, if that made sense in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that, sorry maybe, for interrupting. No, you, you didn't interrupt <laughs> me. One thing that would, that gets tossed on top. And that's a great point, Mrs. H is that the part of the safer sex elevator speech is what do you do to protect yourself? And so that's the time when you say, we use dental dams, we do this. It's another great time to say, uh, I have a latex allergy. So if we're going to take this to the point where we need condoms, uh, we need to use the special condoms that are latex free mm -hmm. or whatever the other precautions or things that you need to make somebody aware of. So it's, you're not in the middle of this and having some type of allergic reaction. Um, that's probably not the sort of action that reaction that you want, is it really? Midway through play and finding that you were allergic to condoms. And <laughs> no. Wouldn't be good. No. <laughs> and lube as well. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do like to talk about lube. Do you know, it's it's an interesting one. I, and I think I've mentioned this before, is actually that lube is something that seems to be lacking throughout much of the UK as well in our <laughs> encounters. Very few people have actually brought lube around to um to play sessions yeah, especially when we've been in get clubs. really uppity about it yeah, I don't yeah. Lube. very they're very insulted about the, by, by the fact that i've brought brought yeah. lube out and it's like this i am wet enough what is it an offense that they're that they're not wet enough yeah, for yeah, you to basically. like just cram it in yeah <laughs> so it's it's going and dry on nothing my friend <laughs> people's fucking Jeez. egos jesus christ it's... sorry i swore on your show but come on <laughs> <laughs> i People do. I think they, they they take it personally, like it's some offence against their ability to, you know, be aroused or something. And we're like, oh, I don't need that. You, you know, I'm wet in otter's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think this this links links through to that whole conversation. Certainly from from our experiences over in the here in the UK, is that people don't tend to ask about testing because I think there's an insinuation that you may mm. not be. Um, clear yeah. of an infection and you know they don't like to to say what they do and don't like because it's an awkward conversation and they don't so you know and, and same with lube mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a very weird weird approach and we're we're desperately trying to make that part of our play wherever we can and whilst there's a level of awkwardness i think once once you've removed those barriers play becomes much easier and much simpler. Mm. So my advice to anyone that, that is starting out into the, in, on their lifestyle journey in particular is, is to try and incorporate it early on because the more you practice and the more you, you do these things, the, the, the smoother it will go when, it, when you actually move to that element of play. And, and it normalises things generally. You like non-monogamy. <laughs> like monogamy, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have the theme, the, the sub theme to the to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the more you make these things habitual um, in your everyday experiences, and you know, they they do become a, a normalised kind of way of how you you have your your play sessions and whatever you choose to do. You don't make it into a big deal because it's like second nature to you. Is, I, I can't remember. Is there like a National Giving Blood Day? From, from across the UK, maybe we should try and attempt to start a, a sort of um, 
sort of even if it was just a national get tested day <laughs> in the UK, just a, just just one day where people check. Would you which, like a national lube day? Yes, I'd also you know that could be six, there can be six months apart. Get lubed. Yeah, or, or like about a week after get tested day. It's lube day. Just as everyone gets their results back. We, so the know. the the lube issue. I was just curious. This the pushback you've seen is it been. Mrs. H on your side where you want to use it and the man that you're with takes offense to the fact that you would need lube with him or is it on, on Mr. H? It's more Mr. Where... H um, because he likes to use it uh, because that's what we do and we, we are used to that. And it's I'm a more... too slippery, never going to catch me. <laughs> and it's a better experience from your perspective to incorporate into your experience, which is great. From my perspective, I am very regularly in the habit of making sure that whoever I'm with, I, I'm i quite open about saying if I need it, if I want them to use it. And, you know, I'll, I'll quite happily just help myself to it and obviously make sure that they're comfortable with the brand I'm using. But, like, you know, I, I've got no problem saying this will be a better experience for everyone all around if we if we do this. Well, it, it, this is an interesting one, actually, and it, it does tie back into the whole the whole testing so many, many years ago, um, Mrs. H had had an operation, didn't you? You, yeah. had, you had one of your... Skeen's glands Skeen's removed. Skeen's glands Bartholian removed. Bartholian glands, gland, this thing, yeah. Which is um, the, the part of your vulva that produces wetness, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of the, yeah. Sort of the lubrication there's two, gland. There's two glands that sit uh, kind of you know next to each other, and um, sometimes they can become um, inflamed or um, one doesn't work. And in my case, I had to have one removed. So as a result, a byproduct of that, it means that I only produce 50% of the amount of lubrication, I guess, that a normal woman would. Which which is handy because I'm 50% more attractive than the average man. <laughs> <laughs> and you just look at a woman and it's like, gosh. Yeah, well, so we... Yeah, but, but to correct you there... Um... In order to cancel out a 50% negative, you would need a 100% doubling, just from an engineering math perspective. That's, that's math fine. Math is off, that's all. <laughs> that's okay. That's, I understand. If you want to you belittle... can edit that out. I just wanted to point out that... No, if, if you want to belittle me on my own show, you scumbag. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the, the story that I was attempting to tell before my math was rudely interrupted was... <laughs> well, if so, it was correct, you wouldn't have had to be interrupted. No, this is very true. I'm so glad to have you back here. I was going to say, you've missed him, haven't you? I have missed and him very much quips. so. I know. He doesn't message me anymore. It's just a desperate plea just turns up on your show and hurls abuse at you. I know. It's awful. So we, we carried on having <laughs> sex... As per normal, this this bear in mind this is this is many years ago, oh, yeah. um, and our exposure to things like lube and all sorts of things like that wasn't wasn't very high. Yeah. Um, and after a while, and we didn't put two and two together, I started getting really lots of tiny, tiny. little tears on my foreskin, like and on my penis, cuts. like like a yeah. hundred little paper cuts, and it well, just that sounds fun. Yeah, that, death it, by a thousand it, cuts. It, <laughs> felt as painful as 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 i'm describing it it was horrible it was you know because the slightest movement on your foreskin and it hurts because you're opening all the cuts so any so and this happened largely after after we had sex and it took a little while for 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 me to go oh shit what's going on and of course uh, anything that's related to your penis you're going to be like oh yeah, my god what is ultra it ultra paranoid i mean literally you, you must have an std you've got to protect the beast so <laughs> and so i immediately went to the i went to the gum clinic it must have been about 10 times and they were like 
oh, we think it might be this, we think it might be that. And we went through so many fucking tests because they thought it was an STD. They thought it was all sorts of different... But your blood tests were always clear, weren't yeah. they? Like, there was nothing, like, obvious. So we were like, oh, what the hell? So it, it transpires. It was just the... the we the, needed lube. We needed lube. It was just the <laughs> dryness of, of things. Um, and just having gone from not ever having had to use that to hmm. needing to use it, that that's what was ca- causing the tear. So the second that we switched to having Lou and yeah. also threw condoms into the mix as well, lo and behold, Mr. H's peen was in tip top, perfect, wonderful condition. But it, it took it took that sort of education and understanding. And, and you can imagine a lot of panicked trips to the gum where I had every swab poke look uh, you know they had i remember at one point physically they had four fucking doctors in there looking at my penis to sort of try and figure out just what... because they wanted to look at it not yeah. because of anything and they were like that is magnificent but it looks painful <laughs> and you know it, it just took that experience for us to figure out and and it wasn't until i had that we 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 sort of went back we and had researched that conversation, it researched, as well and then went back to the to the gun click and started having this chat with them and that all the puzzle came together mm. and i know that looking back in hindsight it's it's fucking obvious but yeah at the time it was such a uh, you know this this eye-opening situation I, I can still feel that pain when i close my eyes it haunts me i don't ever want to go back to that so when i do offer someone lube i'm like no no i insist we are having lube i i want the lube the lube you is going think you don't need it's it it's going on before the condom but... it's going on after the condom everyone's <laughs> going to be fine we're going to have lots of lube everywhere and everything's going to be good <laughs> <laughs> And, and that makes sense yeah. because of what you went through and because yes. some people just like lube. Yeah, that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> Bathing in it was a bit much, but, you know, Cleopatra style, it was And the thing the is now you can get such amazing products as well. It doesn't have to be the dodgy sort of, you know, sex shop lager flavoured stuff, you know, or you get like awful tacky, sticky lube that isn't very nice. Now there's like loads of great products out there which are designed to feel like the real thing and you know they're not they're not sticky and horrid are they no i, I agree yeah and spit is not lube it's got to be said. neither are tears no but you can't well. especially i was just going to say like if you'd eaten something citrus and then tried to use spit as lube after you had all the little cuts <laughs> on your foreskin could you oh. imagine that oh my god wow you are mean. Yeah. Why are you I'm being so saying, mean I'm to me? I'm just banking on nobody's still listening, so that, that <laughs> statement will just, no one will ever hear it. I'm keeping this in. This is going to be beautiful. I'm going to move it right to the front of the podcast. That's the opener. Yeah, exactly. That's the trailer <laughs> right there. So I well, want to say a massive, wow. massive thank you to you both for, for, for joining us. It's been so lovely to chat to you again. Mm. And um, whilst we are, none of us are doctors, I, I think we've added some value in terms of thinking about some of these big issues and um and if people do want to find out more and listen to an actual doctor they can go to your show and and then come back and listen to to another one of ours if they fancy you know i'm I'm gonna check out uh monogamy (laughs) etc um so thank you very much for coming on is there are there any places you want to point people towards do you want to give your your website one more shot i know you've plugged it throughout the course of the show today but you can do it one more time should you feel feel the need no we're good we'll just send you links and you can throw them in the show notes and i mean we just appreciate you guys having us on so thank you and it's it's not about promoting anything it was they're just some decent resources and we hope people enjoy them and find them useful 
Cool. It's been great to hear you hurl abuses, Mr. H, again as well. I've missed that. It's always fun. <laughs> Somebody needs to do it. It's been awesome to see you guys again. Thank you. Um, and yeah, you know, notwithstanding the maths banter, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's been really good. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for hopping into our bed. So thanks again to our marvellous special guests. Oh, you're not going to say the names. <laughs> ah, good. What are they called? Normalising non-monogamy. And what are their names? Finn and Emma. There we go. <laughs> Thank you to those guys. And also special thanks to my partner in crime, Mrs. H, for failing to complete my... Oh, sentences. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Look, how am I supposed to know? I can't read your mind. <laughs> <laughs> or apparently the cues. No, 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 probably not. No. no. So anyway, speaking of cues, we hope that you're safe and well. Um, mm -hmm. It seems that the UK is starting to open up a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But with lots of restrictions in place. Exactly. And that basically means that everyone is queuing around the block just to get to Primark. Yeah, pretty much. Or to go and buy trainers. Yeah, the Primarni <laughs> queue. Yeah. Most importantly, there is still not a hairdresser open. So uh, my oh, locks... Oh, that won't happen until July, Continue to grow. Um, the Obi-Wan hair is... is, is Starting to get there, I think. Do you think? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I think you should go more for the Matt Berry look. The Matt Berry look. Mm. But. Yeah, exactly that. That one. Okay. He's got beautiful wavy looks. Wavy looks. Have you noticed that pretty much everything that he's in, he seems to have an orgy? <laughs> that man does do spectacularly well. <laughs> yeah, when he's writing it, yes. Oh. Have you thought about that? Uh, frequently. <laughs> I frequently think about uh, Matt Barry and an orgy. Right, that's it. I'm going to come a TV writer Matt. and be the star and I'm going to write every episode is going to be an orgy. Brilliant. Yeah, sounds I like good, that. right? <laughs>